Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated and sponsored by Laura and Mauricio Sion. Dedicated in celebration of the engagement of their daughter, Goldie Sion, to Shlomo Abraham. Mazalto, Mazalto. Maybe you hear only good news for all of Am Israel. Also dedicated and sponsored by David Fari in honor of Hazan Shmuel Levi. Beautiful. Uh, also, uh, Breakfast in Class is dedicated for Berachan Hatzlachah for the Daniel family in Mexico, dedicated by Rosie Gindi. We have some people in Mexico who know exactly who we're talking about. Baruch Hashem. Dedicated in loving memory of Jack Abta, Lilu Nishmat Yaakov Ben Rachel, sponsored by his son, Meir Abta. In loving memory of Ms. Lily Safa, Lilu Nishmat Leah Batchana, her philanthropy reaches so many throughout the entire world. Uh, and uh, for the speeding complete for Ashlema, for Eliyahu Shimon Ben Mazal Fortune, and for Rabbanit Charan Afarche Ichana Bat Simafega. Finally, the week of Kobu was sponsored by David Yash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to go today and every day. Abutai, the Pasuk says, Adam ki akriv mikem korban lamonai. As I said yesterday, I should know the parasha. This is my bar mitzvah parasha. In fact, my Hebrew birthday, Kafchet Adar Aleph, uh, or just Adar, and here there's no leap here, is actually tomorrow. So uh, it's a big zit. Tomorrow, calm down, calm down. No, no need to crack him out early. Tomorrow morning, uh, it'll be the birthday. And yours also. Well, Adar Aleph? Oh, there was one Adar Aleph. Oh, there was one Adar Okay. <laughs> okay. So, my friends, Be'ezat Hashem, tomorrow we'll do a nice bracha uh, on the day of, the, of a birthday. A person has a koch to give brachot. So, inshallah, tomorrow we'll do a nice bracha, the breakfast in the class. So, if you want to sponsor that one, you get a bracha along with it. Okay. The Pasuk says, Adam ki akriv mikem. Korban lamunai. A person brings a korban. Hiakriv korban lamunai. This idea of hakravat korban, our rabbis tell us, is the concept, the word korban comes from the root of the word karov, which means to come close. So karvan or karban, korban, is something that brings a person closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now today, we do not have korbanot, okay? Unfortunately. We do not have the Beit HaMikdash, we do not have the ability to bring Korbanot, but as the Gemara says, Tefilot keneged Korbanot tekenu. We instituted the Tefilot, the prayers that we say, in the place of the Korbanot that we once had. So Shaharit and Mincha are instituted in, uh, in lieu of the Korban Tamid of the morning and the Korban Tamid of the afternoon. Arbit is instituted in, uh, instead of the hakravat uh, imurin that they would burn in the nighttime. So you have here three opportunities, three korbanot. That's why we read the parashav tamid in the beginning by korbanot. And then at the, again uh, in the afternoon, uh, we read it as well by, by minha to signify that, that this tefillah is instead of that, instead of that korban. So the idea, my friends, I think is something which is really powerful. And I'd like to share it in the guise and through the lens of the Qurban itself, but also through the lens of our tefillot. Let's start with the origin source, the actual Qurban itself. What would happen when they would do the Qurban Tamid? Our rabbis tell us that the placement, the Qurban Tamid, these Qurbanot, they were the Qurbanot of the Tzibur. And the Gemara tells us in Masechet Ta'anit that the Qurbanot, everyone that had a, uh, a Qurban that had to be brought, who, was, uh, who would put their hands on the Qurban? The person whose korban that is. So as an example, they would say a tefillah, they would do what's called smicha, they would lean on the animal with their hands on the animal, and they would say a prayer to God, and they'd say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, anything that I, that I deserve, that I have to do, that I have to fix, let this korban be instead of that, 
uh, instead of that in, happening in, in my life. So the Gemara says, how does that play out when this korban belongs to all the Jewish people? And the Gemara answers that there was a sophisticated system of the Mamadot, where the Kohanim would take turns throughout the year. The Leviim also would take turns throughout the year. But what most people don't know is that not only would the Kohanim and the Leviim take turns, but even the Israelim, even the regular Israelites, they would take turns throughout the year. There would be a group of, of people from B'nai Israel, not from Kohanim, not from Leviim, that would go up to Yerushalayim. And even from those that could not go up to Yerushalayim, they took time off from their work schedule, and they would have a Kriyata Torah, they would have a separate reading, they would be fasting, all different things that they were doing. And what is a central part of that point? That there would be an eclectic mix of Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael present when the korbanot of the tzibur were being brought, so that the person who was being brought on its behalf is present at the time. My friends, I want to learn a lesson. You see that we went to great pains, disrupting the schedule of the Kohanim, of the Levi'im, of the Israelim, to be in Yerushalayim, or if they're not in Yerushalayim, to be in the Beit Knesset doing special readings every day, a different reading from Bereshit, etc., etc. You can see it for yourself. Why? Because there's no such thing as a Korban if you are not present. My friends, today we have a tefillah instead of the Korbanot. There's no such thing as a tefillah if you are not present. And that sounds like an impossibility. To be there for the Korban, you had to be there for the Korban. To come to Shul, how can there be a tefillah without me present? You know what the answer is? If you ever drifted off in your Amidah, if you're thinking about your work, if you're thinking about where you're going next, if you're thinking about who's going to order the cab, oh, as Mark is saying, mean when you think of when you're going to order the cab, when you think of, oh my gosh, I forgot to call the guy for the meeting after the prayers, any thoughts a person has that takes him away from the tefillah is a moment when the person is not present with their own tefillah. Now my friends, I want you to imagine for one second, your tefillah has many different things inside of it. One thing is health. Another thing is wealth, panasah. Another thing is in Amidah is the brains, the ability to come up with creative, good ideas. Another thing is the ability to study Torah, to learn lessons. Another thing is having a great leader, a great boss, etc., etc. Could you imagine for that moment you're spacing out, you're not paying attention, you're not present. The Korban needs you to be present. Adam ki akriv mikem korban lamunai. When you bring from yourself a korban ta'akadosh baruchu. My friends, our rabbis tell us that when a person brought a korban, what were they supposed to think? They were supposed to think in their mind that you know what, this, all this is happening to this animal really was supposed to happen to me. The animal is going through shechita, the animal is being brought on the mizbeach, the animal did nothing wrong. I was the one that messed up. I'm the one that needs kapara. Hazit the animal. But you know what? I'm seeing this blood on the Mizbech as if it's mine, because you know what? I need a kapara. My friends, if a person is not in that state of mind, then what'd you do? The whole Korban didn't achieve it. Adam kiakriv mikem. It has to come from you. Now the Korban that you bring is going to be minakivasim, right? It could be from the sheep, it could be from the ayil, it could be from a par, it could be from many different species. But unless you're putting yourself in that korban, what happens? Nada. It's not there. The second lesson, my friends, is that a person needs to put themselves into the tefillot. Let me explain what that means. 
You say atachonen la'adam da'at, but you're not thinking of anything. You're just reading the words blind, dry. What did you do? You read the words of the tefillah, but you didn't put yourself into the tefillah. You didn't think to Hashem. You didn't say in that beracha Hashem, I'm having trouble working out how to deal with my son. I'm having trouble working out what to do, where to invest this money. I'm having trouble figuring out how I'm going to shift my investment. I'm, I have to pay crazy amount of taxes here. How am I going to do this where it's legal, where it's ethical, but at the same time, I don't get killed? That's what Atachonen Adam Da'at looks like. When it's Adam Kiyakriv, Mikem. You brought yourself close, close enough into the tefillah, not just that you're present and not there, but also that you exist and that you appear in the Bakasha itself. There was a rabbi that once came to his, uh, to his rav and he said, you know, uh, I have to give, I'm a Rebbe in, in a school, I have to teach over a Gemara class. The rabbi said to him, <clears throat> Please, Rabbi, that only answer, Amen, if you're here or listening to this live. His rabbi said to him, he says, okay, what's the problem? He says, you know what? It's hard coming up all the time with Chidushim. What should I do? Where should I pray for Chidushim? It's a tough job. If I don't say Chidushim, I'm not going to keep the job. The rabbi told him, he should pray that he should come up with Chidushet Torah in Barachenu. Because Barachinu is the Barachah for Parnassah. You're coming. Now, I always thought to myself, I heard the story, I said, well, that's a shocker. You're telling a guy to pray for Chidushet Torah in Barachinu? Tell him to pray for Chidushet Torah in. Not Shemakolenu. Shemakolenu is catch all. Tachonen la Adam Da'at. Or, Ashivenu Avinu, the Torah Techa. You're telling the guy to come up with Chidushim in, in his Parnassah Bracha? That's how you relate to it? Hashem, please let me give good classes, otherwise they're going to fire me in the shul. That's why you want to give, teach Torah, so you keep your job. Sorry? Excellent. The guy came to the rabbi, and what did he ask him? He said, I need to come up with Chidushim for my job. He says, if that's how you're thinking about this, pray for it in Parnassah. You know why? Because where are you praying for it? From the place where you're worried about it. If you're a Tamil Chacham and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't figure out what to do. I remember I said a story when I spoke at the Aguda convention about uh, Rav Chaim. Someone once came to the Rabbanit and she, they said to the Rabbanit, you know, you really need to look out for the rabbi. Look, he looks, he looks, he looks terrible. He's disheveled, he looks miserable. He's, you know, do something. I don't know, make him his uh, favorite banana cake. I don't know, all right? She says, he looks terrible. He says, she said, come up with the answer to the stira, to the contradiction that he had in the Rambam, in, in Hilchot uh, Me'ilah, and he won't be miserable. What was he miserable about? In his world, if he had a problem in learning that he couldn't work out, that to him made him tear his hair out. So for someone like him, where is he really praying for that answer? He's praying for that answer in the Berachot, which talk about Torah, which talk about wisdom. If you know what, if you have to come up with the answer, because otherwise you're not going to get a job, you're not going to get hired as a speaker, then you should be praying for it from Barachenu. My friends, the one thing I want to ask for is, like the Pasuk says, Karov Adonai Lechol Korav, Hashem is close to everyone. Lechol Hashem Yikre'uhu Be'emet. If you're calling out in truth, if you're saying that you want something, but you could not care less about it. Avinu Abarachaman, please Hashem, bring us closer to Torah, right? Lishmor V'la'asol, Kayet. 
please, Hashem, help me understand the work. This is what we say in the Berakha before Shema. But imagine a guy who prays and then goes to work. He doesn't spend any time learning. So you prayed, prayed, prayed. You even sang, Shelo Nevo. You sang it, beautiful. But then you didn't sit down and learn anything. You didn't open a book. You didn't listen to a class. How do you want that Torah to come? So you know what? I'd rather you pray for that in the Beracha of Barachenu and mean it than pray for it in the Beracha of Atachonen or Hashivenu Avil Torah and not mean it. Because Karov Hashem Chol Korav you want to be able to use prayer, which is instituted instead of korbanot. Adam ki yakriv, nikem korban lamunai. Where are you in the Amidah? You're praying for Parnassah? Pray to Hashem. Ask Him. Talk about the problem you have in the office. Stop. You know where you stop in every beraka. People don't know this. They start, they put their prayer in. Hashem, please, I have the biggest deal of my life. Please help me out. Hashem, I have money in Silicon Bank. Hashem, please help me out. Right? I don't know if that's Tefillat Shav. Either way, tell me. <laughs> right? You're sitting there. You're sitting there. You're making a prayer. And then, Baruch Atah Hashem. You're supposed to insert the prayer, not before the bracha, but before the line, before the bracha. So let's say a person's praying for Rifu where should they institute the prayer? Not, Hashem, please heal them. Baruch Atah Hashem. No, not there. But before the pasuk, before ki'el rofer hamam ne'eman atah, that's where you say it. Because every bracha needs what's called a siyum, a closing, before it says uh, the bracha itself. So that's where you, inst- you insert any one of your prayers. So that's what it means. My friends, I want to tell you an unbelievable story about this, uh, about this idea. There was a guy, the, the, the Ben Ishchai tells a story. There's this guy in the community, very wealthy guy, the guy he knew less than nothing. Nothing. The guy is Ama Aretz, Midoraita, Midrabanan. Okay? He didn't know any Torah, he didn't know any halachot. Simple thing, he didn't know. But his heart's in the right place. He doesn't know how to read Hebrew. Comes to shul, he sits there. But what he enjoyed when the Chazan would sing, he enjoyed. Anyway, he was in a synagogue. It had to be a Moroccan synagogue, by the way. No chance that this story was about anything other than Moroccans. Yigal, you'll tell me if I'm right. How do I know? You'll tell me how I know this story of Ben Ishchai is about the Moroccans. This Chazan used to sing very beautifully the words in the Korbanot. Elu va'elu nisrafin adeshe. He sang it very beautifully. He had a nice tune for these words. Elu va'elu nisrafin adeshe. Anyway, the guy would come to shul all the time. The Chazan is singing. He's sitting there like this. Why, why, why? Elu va'elu. It's his favorite part of the tefillah. Elu va'elu nisrafin adeshe. How do I know it's a Moroccan shul? Because the only one that's singing in the Korbanot is Moroccans. Everyone else is flying through the Korbanot. The Moroccans sing every word of the tefillah like it's a diamond. Moroccans' regular tefillah is the length of everyone else's Rosh Hashanah tefillah. <laughs> beautiful, okay? Anyway, my friends. So he comes home. He has this beautiful tefillah. He doesn't speak Hebrew. Friday night, he calls the kids up. That guy has 10 boys and 5 girls. And he only knows a few limited things. But he falls, he loves his prayer so much. He tells all of his kids, guys, from now on Friday night, instead of saying, Hashem Hashem should protect you. I have a new prayer I want to say to bless every one of my children. He brings his firstborn, 
Elu va'elu. Nisrafim beta deshe. Everyone is putting his hands on the kids. This one, what does it mean in Hebrew? This one and this one should be burned on the mizbeach. Should be burned on the beta deshe. Anyway, all the kids, wow, what a beautiful bracha. Thank you, Abba, kissing his hand. Wow, his wife thinks, wow, look at, he's growing, my, my beautiful chacham of Azim. A little while later, this, this beautiful, simple Jew invites a rabbi over for Friday night dinner. The rabbi comes, the guy makes kiddush, the rabbi, he asks the rabbi to make kiddush because he can't read. The rabbi makes the kiddush. Now comes time to give the beracha. The guy is a little bit proud. He calls all of his kids one at a time. Elu elu. The rabbi is looking, shoo elu elu. Nisrafim bet The rabbi starts screaming. Maniac, we're crazy. What's wrong with you? He says, what's the matter? He says, you know what? You're cursing your children. Why would you do that to your kids? This one and this one should be burned in the Beit Adeshen. That's how you treat, you call your kids? The guy feels terrible. He's so, he feels so bad. He feels, especially in front of all of his children. He's now been embarrassed. That night, the rabbi had a dream. And in the dream, they told him in Hashemayim that he did a terrible sin. Because although this person was a blessing with the wrong words, it was the part of tefillah that he connected with the most from the chazan. He brought that home. He wanted to bring that, that that he loved from the Beit Knesset into his house. So what he felt and what he experienced in the Beit Knesset, that's what he was giving to his kids. And you don't know in Shamayim what a rash that made. And now you took that away. And he's never going to do it ever again. If you would only know the shefa that's brought down, the biracha that was brought down by this man's elu va'elu nisrafin, and I was thinking to myself, what does it mean? What does that mean? This one and this one are burned in the place where they burned the, you know, the, the left or the parts of the korbanot. How could that turn into a beracha? And I was reminded of the words that Akadosh Baruch Hu says about Bil'am. And Hashem, your God, turned etakilala into a beracha. Why? Hashem because Hashem loves you. When you love someone, when someone loves you, even the worst situation, the biggest kilala can be turned around into a beracha. You know, I want to remind you that when the Jewish people left Egypt, Paro says to them, listen, you want to go, no problem. But Reu, you should just know you're, you're going you're to encounter some really terrible things. The Gemara tells us, what does Paro mean when he said to Moshe, you want to take the Jews out? No problem. Re'u, you should see. Ra'ah neged penechem. What does that mean? The Gemara tells us that Paro saw it's He was able to see in the stars. He understood that the Jewish people going into the desert, they were going to go out under the mazal of Ma'adim, which is red. And he knew that that would be a sign of blood. And he said, you're walking into a bloodshed. Don't take, your, don't take your people out. But what did God do? God gave them the mitzvot of Dam Pesach and Dam Milah. Like we say in the, uh, in the Haggadah, Va'omar lach chayi. Va'omar lach chayi. Ve'erech, and I saw you, says Hashem, mitboseset bedamaych. You're wallowing in your blood, in the blood that was supposed to be the end of the Jewish people, under the mazal of Ma'adim. 
They had a destiny that was leading them to a terrible place. Because they didn't actually deserve to leave Egypt. Because they didn't have the mitzvot. But what did God do? And God turned. When there's love, a line where something is supposed to lead, you turn it around. I'll never forget, I had a family member that unfortunately had to go for a surgery. Anyway, they went for the surgery. And what happens when they went for the surgery? The doctors were able to discover that there was a problem underneath that surgery. That was a dire problem that if they didn't, if they didn't need this surgery, they never would have found the problem at all. So a person sitting there thinking, why, Hashem, how can you making this happen to me? But God, He loves you. And the thing that you think is a kilala is actually in the hands of Borei Olam, that's a beracha. And the only thing that we need to be able to have that beracha come down is the loving connection between us and God. Now, as far as God is concerned, it's always there. The only question is whether or not we're there. Are we present? Are we in our tefillot? Are we? Tefillah is a connection with God. That's what it's supposed to be, a relationship with Him. If you're dialing it in, if you're not there, if you're not present in your thoughts and your mouth, if you're not in the tefillah, your own personal stories are not interwoven in the, in the pages of your sidur, then you're not there. And how could you have a loving relationship with someone if you're not there? The number one thing that you need in a relationship is not presence with a T, it's presence with a C. You need to show up. That's what it means, Adam ki akriv came. So I thought to myself, how did God turn? Elu va'elu nisrafim bet adeshen. How could such a thing, how could that become a beracha? Someone is blessing his children. This one and this one should be burned. And I thought to myself, I remembered, the Navi tells us that he saw in his prophecy, uh, the Kohen Gadol, and his clothing was burned. Which, which Kohen Gadol? Yoshua, right? That's what it says. He saw the Kohen Gadol and his clothing was burned. And what did he say that he looked at? He looked like he was Ud Mutzal Me'esh. That he had on either side of him, Yig'ar Hashem Becha Satan. Hashem looks at the Satan. He looks at the Malach HaMavet. He looks at the Yetzirah that surround us. And what did he do for all the negative kohot that come with a person when they deserve to be punished? When they haven't merited zechut, when maybe they now need to be taught a lesson. Elu va'elu. Yisrifu Hashem allowed for those words to become in the mouth of someone who said them with such regish, such connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He allowed it to become a berakha. My friends, the flip side is also true. You're treating HaKadosh Baruch Hu like a candy machine. You put in 20 cents into the Siddhaqah box, then you pull the thing and He gives you a chocolate bar. That's your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Bar Minan, the opposite could also happen. The berachot that we want could manifest maybe in ways that we didn't want. You could pray hard enough for a shiduch that's not good for you. Because you didn't bring Hashem into the story at all. 
It was all about me, 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 me. So Korban, which a tefillah is instead of, you know when it works, Adam ki akriv mikem. Korban, that Korban, where is that closeness? Is Lamonai. That closeness is not to yourself, it's not to your needs, it's a connection to a loving father. And yes, that loving father wants all the best for you. But you know what the difference is? We have children here in this room. Maybe if you don't have children, you don't quite understand this. Your kid comes, please, 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 can we get? You take out the money. Imagine they grab the money and run. When you come to the Beta Knesset, don't grab the money and run. If Hashem says not yet, don't say, oof, I prayed, what's the point? Imagine saying that to your father, to his face. Why did I even bother coming? What, the only reason why you're here is if I say yes? Our relationship is so dependent and conditional that if you don't feel the prayer is working for you right now, right this second, you're going to swap me out? What am I, task rabbit? You know, oh, I'm going to get someone else. Someone else will work for me. Adam ki akriv mikem. Hashem should bless us always to be able to feel that closeness and through that closeness to experience beracha uh, and not to demand it. Baruch Adonai le'olam.